Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you the latest preaching from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. Okay, we're coming out of the bat, out of Daniel. Daniel 3, chapter 3. And if you have a paper Bible, that might be around the 1500 page. Bless you, man. If not, you have it in the screens. Don't worry about it. Some kind of version. We're going to have it for you. And it's going to say like this. Daniel chapter 3, verse 8 says, At this time, some astrologers, another verse says Chaldeans. We could go so much into that, but we're not going to. At this time, some Chaldeans came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears, everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the sather, the lyre and the harp, pipe and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever doesn't fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews who have set who have set over the affairs that you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. For the sake of time, we're going to jump into verse 24 in the same chapter. And it says, Then the king Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, when there are three men that we tied up, remember? And we threw them in the fire. And they replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son from of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the royal advisors crowded around them. And they saw that the fire had not harmed them. Their bodies, nor their hair, No, their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched. And there was no smell of fire on them. Father, thank you for your word. Lead us. Father, make it transformation, substance, and growth for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Give me a minute of your time. I'll make it worth for a whole week. I think he will make it worth. Today we're coming under the subject, walk on. And I believe that we have to give a little bit of context to what we are discussing. This is probably one of the most famous stories in the Bible. You don't have to even be a believer to understand that this happened. I mean, if you're going through a bad moment, some of your non-Christian friends would say, hey, you're not alone in the fire. And maybe they don't know what they're quoting, but they're quoting the Bible. 
And this is this reality of life. Sometimes in culture, we would admire the God that did it, but we don't have a relationship with the one that did it. So as Christians, we have the luxury to, to bask, to kind of, to really dwell on the story into detail. And this is, and this is what we want to do today. We have a couple of birthdays today in the house. Happy birthday. If it's your birthday, we celebrate you. But also, we're going to have communion at the end, so don't leave too soon. It's going to be good. And also, before we go into the topic of today, we want to say that every four Sundays now, in the fifth, we're going to start discussing the preaching, and we're going to have questions. So in all the connect groups, we're going to just kind of start asking questions, and it's going to be really good for you to actually say, I, did I get that right? Is that what we meant? What do you meant with that? Because we want to go deeper into what is the Word of God. We don't want to just leave this place thinking we got the message. We want to get that ingrained in our spirit, in our mind, in our lifestyle. And we're going to do that, okay? So that's going to happen. For those sessions, for the ones that want to invite others, where it's going to be food and nibbles, and we're going to be sitting around tables, you know, and there's going to be questions asked, and we're going to go for it. Is that okay? So every four Sundays, and we start today. Is that okay? So context, Israel. The people of Israel actually are under the bondage of the Babylonians. And um, do we want to start that clock? Because I'm going to go until 6 p.m. if not. <laughs> the people of Israel have been in 50 plus years of captivity under the Babylonians. The Babylonians have taken them from the land, destroyed their temple, and everything they knew as a spiritual place, it has been destroyed. It has been stolen. It has been taken over. And everything that they have is essentially what, what they and we would need is what is in our hearts. Some people worship temples. Some people worship structures and ways of doing things. You guys are nervous, I feel you. <laughs> But the reality of life is that when everything is said and done, what really matters is what is on our hearts. And this is the story that we see today. These people have been in, in transition and in slavery. Most of them have been made into eunuchs. If you need to translate that into what you don't understand, look for the dictionary. It will give you a lot more details. We're not gonna go into that. But the reality of it is that most of them would not be able to produce another generation. And they needed to live their lives as it was worth something through service. Some of us would worship reproduction, what we can leave, what they will remember us more than how we live today. And our faith cannot be bound to what we leave behind. It has to affect how we're living today. This is a story. So this group of people were asked by the dominion, by the people that were over them, controlling them, suffocating their culture and their understanding of who they were as a culture. Most of them were born into that captivity. These people today in the story were those. They were born into slavery. They didn't know only by stories who they were, but still they had a seal for their God. These people, 50 years plus, and they still were thinking, God, if I would have a moment with you, if I can worship you, if I can understand you, and even until 
I won't bow down to anything else. The story is this man being faced with a new tradition. The king had conquered over a lot of territories. There was a lot of things happening. A lot of new ideas, a lot of new laws, a new, new regulations, new currencies coming on in the area. They have completely dominated life. Very likely what we see today, governments are melting with one another. Everything is becoming one thing and we are fighting and we are become what disrupts the status quo. Today, hate speech is actually called truth. It's not the other way around. It's not that you call truth hate speech. Today, to talk the truth is actually hate speech. Today, to go against anything that is not generally accepted becomes hated upon. And these people were in that same place. We tend to think that the text and the Bible is so different and so distant to what we're living, but it's not. The enemy of our life doesn't invent anything. In every atmosphere he touches, he turns into the same because he cannot create. But I'll tell you something even better. God cannot mute either. So God, every time the devil does that, he will actually create a standard of truth. And some would lead it forward. And this is the story. We have three mates. Who are you surrounded with? Who are your friends? Because we have three mates that stood in the face of something that was told to them, demanded from them, in a place of vulnerability, on a place that they didn't have any authority, in a place that they didn't have any, nothing. They were just servants. In that place, they were asked to worship the gods, the transcendence, and whoever, whatever, the land was actually worshiping. The king had absorbed different nations and he wanted to look good. That doesn't sound like our politicians today at all. So to this, this group of the people in your city, you look good through this way and you go and take pictures with them. And that was the case back in the day. It's not new. Fake will be fake in every generation. Don't worry about it. And power and fear and not understanding who God is will be looking exactly the same in every generation. It looked the same in your grandma that it looks in you. Oh, I was too near home. I'm going to retract from that one. Maybe you take it home and think about it. So they were, there were many. And not all of them, not all of them had the mentality of survival. Some of them were living. Some of them were alive and not surviving the situation. The ones that were surviving, they bent in front of the, the demand of the king. And this case was actually bending over, valuing, overvaluing something that the king had said because he wanted to unify the thoughts, the precepts, the, the understanding, the perceptions. The king wanted to make his own life better and simpler. And sometimes others want to make their life simpler and better. But the reality of it is that what is God doing? That's our perspective. This king wanted to actually make it simple for his own kingdom, while God was bringing diversity for it to bring the fruits of who he is. 
His people were drawn and were created to be a blessing. But because of their own sin, they were taken into captivity. But God was up to something. He allowed it to bring something new from within. God will always allow you to go through situations to bring influence through the situation. And this is the story. So these people were there under the pressure of a king that was insecure, that didn't understand how to move the, gospel, the, the, the kingdom and, and how to move the, the, the people, the landlords of the area, and he needed to unify it. And then he said, I can unify their religions, their perspectives. And through that, we see that the ones that had not unified with survival said, we cannot form part of this. Two, three, these men, these men had surrounded themselves with ones that were similar to their thoughts. They had relationship with God. And with this, we mean they were practicing. It's not that I just read. Because sometimes we go into the Bible and we read things, but we don't practice them. If you don't own the Bible, the Bible doesn't own you. So we have to ask the question, how much of the Bible you own? And even a better question, how much the Bible owns you? Because you can be friends with the Bible, but not be biblical. You might use the Bible to get out of problems, but are you following the Bible? You might have the Bible as what you feel secure behind, but how much of that security lives in you? How much you wake up in the night and remember that in peace you shall lie down and in peace you shall rest, like David would say, because I can be assured of my God. Psalms and Mary. These people had a burning passion. And this week I was thinking about, you know, the news, you know, we have, we have seen all over the news, it doesn't matter what country you come from, we have seen over the news um, this tragic episode of this submarine that went into the depths to study this, this boat, you know, we're not going to give glory to the boat either. I mean, the boat got sunk. It. No, no, I'm um, I already did it. Um, go Google that one. But the reality of it is that they found that the submarine, the units that they used, imploded. And when you go in to study that word, implosion means that the pressure inside could not bear the pressure outside. And if you think about it, and, and like, as I was studying this, is, I said, this is like the submarine. The pressure inside needed to be stronger in these three men than the pressure outside. They were pressured to bend their knees, to worship a statue, to go with what was the status quo. But they needed to hold a different pressure inside, in their hearts, in their daily lives, to be able to sustain a different, a different pressure. So for all of us, this is, this is the rule. And if we will stop now, we could actually call it, what is the pressure that you have? Check your pressure. Some of us will actually think this is internal only, but we don't count the external pressures. We think, okay, you know what? This week I can just have one time with the Lord. You know, it's okay. But there's some weeks that you need a little bit more, baby. Truth be told, there are some weeks that 
we'll put you to the test. And what is it that we have? What is the internal pressures? What is it that we have inside? All of us maybe are acquainted with this little trick that they're putting there in TikTok and Instagram, you know, and Facebook of people that are burning cups, plastic cups with water. Have you seen that? Have you seen that? No one's seen that? Okay, maybe I'm too Christian, and that's the only examples that come to me. But that's the reality of it. These people are burning plastic cups that are full to a little measure. And then they, they burn the fire. They, they put it on fire. They put the plastic cup on fire, and it starts melting pa, pa, until it reaches the water. And then he asks you a very Christianese question. How full are you? <laughs> but the reality of it is that it didn't burn because it was full of water. It doesn't implode because it, the pressure inside is stronger than the pressure outside. If it's true for one, it's true for all. How is the pressure in our lives? How much of God we have? Because we might be being asked to bend over and to surrender things that we're not supposed to be surrendering. But God is asking us, what is the pressure? What was the last time you checked and said, God, how much of you I have for this week? How many times this week you stood up from bed and said, Lord, in your name, fill me up for the day. What was the last time that you were fearful of God and understanding that if you're living for God, you become an enemy of something else? And you understood that you said, Lord, I cannot make it till the end. I won't come back to bed without your help. When was the last time that you said, Lord, if you are not, then me neither? When was the last time that you were humble in front of your God? Because God doesn't want superheroes. That's Hollywood. That's CGI. That's AI and all the eyes that you want to make it. That's about I. But when it's about Him, it's about how much of Him. And our faith cannot be an I-orientated thing. It has to be oriented around Him. How much of Him was in these men? How much of Him is in us? What is the pressure? Well, how much it can push and tug us through? How much and how are we going to react? Something else that has been coming in my feed is how the authorities wanting to teach the people how not to go to the beach. Apparently so, because they're, they're nailing out all the big beaches around the world saying, this is, this is how it looks to have currents. Don't go to the beach. You might get drowned. Basically, don't have fun. <laughs> I come from the Puerto, Puerto Rico, the Caribbean, and I know how a current looks, and, and I know what it could do to you. I mean, but the reality of it is that it's coming up too much. It makes me wonder, why are they putting this pressure on us? Because if we don't rest, if we're not able to actually unplug from the system, what does it produce in us? If we don't have these times with God, if we have not been living our faith, we don't have to escape to a beach to have a life with God. We don't have to escape to the beach to have rest. If we're not resting in God, we are scared of the currents. But the more you're understanding how you rest, where you rest, you're able to see how to deal with your resting place. Do you demand from God to take you, extract you from the place that you're in to be able to bring rest? 
Because that's our generation. I'm so sorry, mate. Lord, speak to me. But you don't pray. You put a podcast. Lord, inspire me. You put some band on your Spotify. But you have not the wherewithal to say, Lord, I need you. I just don't know how to pray today. I don't have it in me. I have no strength. I have no knowledge. This that is coming against me, I have never seen it before. My forefathers never told me about it, and they're a bit lost as well. How do I live you today? What is the pressure that is around us? The pressure around us will show us what's inside of us. The submarine imploded because they couldn't have the depth that they went into. And the enemy sometimes puts us into deeper things without us knowing. It seduces us to deeper things. It entices you with saying you could be someone. Hey, the story says even there, it says that the king got furious with them in chapter, in, in verse 13, and he said, if you actually bow down, it's all good because the king had love for them. If you bow down, it's all good. I mean, I forget about it. I mean, I know, you just, you made me look like a fool because they know I like you and I have put you in front of these other things. But if you bend down, it's all good. And sometimes we bite the cookie, we bite the carrots, we bite the, the baits on having a second best thing. But God in this season is asking a church to not bite the bait. Don't look for your personal peace, even though. These men were told in between what we read, things that will have changed their lives. They said, okay, if you don't bend down, we kill you. We're going to burn you alive. We're going to put you in a furnace. I mean, that doesn't sound like a microwave to me. That doesn't sound like a small place either, because if you're thinking about putting four, three men in a furnace, that doesn't sound like a small place. Even more, they said, we're going we're, we're gonna to hide up the hype, like the, the hype of it, the, the heat of it. We're going to hype it up seven times what we usually do, just so we make sure that we eliminate you. Because your example is not what we want. What is the example that you're living? If they were not living a life that could put a thought in the life of others that was worth having eternity for, the enemy would have not been against them. That's what I think. So we're coming to the story thinking, these people are believing stronger. They have not forgotten who they are. They're not afraid of what has happened to them as a culture. And they have not forgotten what God can do for them. And even better, they have not forgotten that God is superior to their life. And even though God doesn't save them from that one, they will be loyal. We're living in a moment in history that loyalty has vanished. And as a church, we're an example of loyalty. We're an example not only of righteousness, but of loyalty, of love, of understanding. Is this too heavy for Sunday evening? Because I know God is up to something. They resisted by being full. They didn't need anything from outside to tell them how full they were. 
because they received the push of outside and they were able to tell the king, you know what? We won't bow down. But it's, it's all good if you bow down. I mean, I forget what you've done. We won't. And you do whatever you want to do. And sometimes we kind of sound cocky. This situation and that other situation comes along and you sound like a little bit cocky in your prayer. It's like, Lord, am I being cocky? And I don't know you, but I find myself all the time believing extra somehow. And I say, Lord, maybe I'm being too cocky, Lord. Is there anything? And God says, no, you believe me, right? But the pressure outside makes you look at the little meter. How deep are we going on this, Lord? How much is going to be the pressure? How deep are we going to go? And today, they were sourcing out how much their faith will put up with the pressure. These three men, challenged by the situation, responded, put us in the furnace. Because our God can save us. I don't know how many of us, if we see a barbecue, we will get close enough. Imagine to a furnace that could have bodies inside. Imagine a furnace that burned the strongest soldiers. It said they called the strongest soldiers to tie them up. They tied them up with everything they had with them. Their gift, their nationalities, their values. You know, everything they valued, everything they had, they were slaves. I know you started getting a person in the middle of that, but I'm just going to smooth it up for a minute. The reality of it is that they called the strongest against the weakest. They called the ones that would follow orders against the ones that had no reputation and no identity. The ones that were the weakest. They used the biggest strength against the weakest of them all. But God is up to something. And they tied him up. And they threw them. And while they were in there, something happened. The king, we start reading, says that he was amazed. The king, Nebuchadnezzar, leaped to his feet. Leaped to the feet. And I know it's difficult for us because you've never been in an oven that is hot enough. And maybe you never cooked something in the oven because you like microwaves. But maybe your grandma will have a better idea of what we're talking about. Because when you open the oven, you feel the heat. Imagine the heat was so strong that it killed all the soldiers that were in front of it. Have you ever opened, cooked anything in the oven and then opened it and, you know, it's like, oh, I forgot it. Have you ever had that moment? Can I see hands? Can I see hands? Oh, wow. There's a miracle. These people actually cook. Oh, Lord. So microwaves and McDonald's for this. Sorry, nothing against McDonald's. Don't sue me. Um, but the reality of this is that it killed everyone that opened it. It was so warm, but they there in the oven were walking. That's why we come out of the topic, walk on. Because there's something about keeping on walking in the midst of the fire. And the king himself actually said in chapter 3, verse 24, 24. This says, the king Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men 
that we tied up? We? I don't think the king tied anything. There's a lot of people that do things to you, but they have not touched you. They do it from afar. Don't worry about it. That's, that's for free. When there are three men that we tied up, you didn't tie anyone. It is your ego that tied them up. That's the only part of tying up that you were part of. That might be personal. Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty, you tied them up with us. No. He said, look. The eagle talked and said, I see former walking around. Maybe God is up to the ego and not to the strength. Maybe something more dangerous in our life is our ego than our strength. Maybe some want to look weak because they think if they're strong, they're dangerous. But it's even more dangerous to have an ego that is not submitted to the plan of God. And if you submit your life, you will live. But if you don't, you offer a treat. God will show up for his plan. And then we go around. I knew I was going to have at least one amen on that one. You may be scared. But in your life, it's the same. Don't worry about it. Weren't they three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? Certainly, your majesty. And he said, look. Now he's alarmed. I see four men walking in the fire, unbound and unharmed. He started thinking about the physical strength that he had applied on them through his strength, through his ego. Unbound. Sometimes we got to think about the things in our life that should have been bound in this moment of our lives. Maybe they have been bound for generations. Like, you know, your grandma said, we are all like this. You see the Vargas, you know, the Rodriguez, you know, you, you, you come from us. We're all like this. I mean, I cannot remember one of us that didn't struggle with that, that you struggle. But grandma, we're like this. Or maybe you have done it to yourself. Maybe you have said, you know what? You don't know me. I am like this. This is how I'm built. Have you ever said that about yourself? Ouch. What has bound you? Anyways. <laughs> unbound and unharmed. So it's not only what binds, bounds, bounds you. It's what harmed you. Because sometimes we say, hey, you know what? I have loosened myself up from that inheritance, but... Am I healed? And as Christians, sometimes we don't pay attention to this situation because it's not about being bound. It's also about being wounded, unharmed. And your enemy has counted that everything he did to bind you would harm you. And every time God shows up and he walks with you, because we have been called to walk on, not to stay in our furnace. God has said, you're going to go through the furnace. Every weapon formed against you shall not prosper. It's going to be formed against you and it's going to attack you. Hello, but it's not going to prosper. So I don't care how hot the furnace is and how bl the blade comes against you. It's not going to prosper. But sometimes we stop with the attack and we whine instead of praying. Lord, have you seen... Ah, because it's unfair. Because our ego gets entangled with the ego of Nebuchadnezzar. God is up to something. But see, look. Look, they're walking around. How many areas in life should have been wounded, should have been bound, and they're starting to walk around? If truth be told, all of us come from bondages 
and the lack of ability even walking out of the failure of someone else over our life, even less our own. We're being brought up in a system that doesn't allow us or inspire us. Inspiration from the inside doesn't allow us or inspire us, doesn't motivate us or inspire us to walk outside of our weaknesses, of our bondages, of our wounds. It profits from our need. But Jesus came to die for a better thing. The Word of God today says, I don't care what is the bondage, I don't care the fire, and I don't care who tie you up. I'm going to walk with you. When everything's said and done, you're not even going to smell to the thing. It says it there. No one invented it. No one can take, you know, the copyright of this. It says right there. It says, you know, the four men looked unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. That's a way of describing it. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Of course you would do that. If they're walking on fire and he killed your strongest man, I would say he's the Most High God as well. I don't need any conviction whatsoever. After that, you know, they are walking. We're not. They're dead and burned. These guys are walking, and there's a fourth one I didn't put in there, and he's coming out with them. Oof. I would say the Son of the Most High God very quick in every language I know. I will hire people. You know that he had conquered so many. I mean, I would say it in every language represented in the courts of the king. I would say in every language, just in case he's coming from one of them. I don't know what God I really, really mad, made mad right now, but I know that I have a language because I have conquered everything. And sometimes we think that we have conquered so many other things in our life that our past is defeated. And maybe sometimes we try with our ego to compensate when God brings us out and we try to take the glory or someone else that helps you in a need, in a moment, tries to take it and put his fingerprint on your salvation. But God is saying, church, oh my church, let me walk on with you. I don't want you to leave a gospel that you need something external. You don't need an Advil or a paracetamol or whatever aid you think you need. You don't need your wisdom. You, need, you don't need your strength. You don't need anything around you to sustain you. It is by my name that you will conquer. I am the fourth one that walks with you. I am the one that unties you with the thing that should have destroyed you. I use the destruction to untie you. I am the one that is... And it's to come. I stand with you. And I make you walk. I find it funny that they didn't stand. I mean, they were thrown in. That means, I mean, if you throw them like, like frontal, I understand that you would not burn if you were the soldiers. So maybe they were thrown in from the top. Because the heat goes up, right? So sometimes we assimilate things, and, but we don't think about them, right? So maybe they were thrown from the top. So you, you had a fall. You fell into it. Ah. See, you have to read the Bible. It's more interesting than you make it. But then the king was looking. So he was not looking like that because he would have been burned as well. He was looking from the side. So some others look at your need from a point of view of advantage, and they think they're winning. I've prayed a lot this week, if you can tell. <laughs> and this was not an overnight win. 
they had what they had inside because they had been living like this. So the oven, the heat, the situation, it's not going to eat you just because God is good, because God is good. He has forever been good. It's because of their lifestyle. It's because of their rendition, their surrender. They could have actually bowed down and have it easy, but they said no. The first point of that was actually, you know what, their daily lives. And we talked about it. They were accustomed to not bend because they had kept the traditions and their fervor for God. But the second was, is because they had practiced it. And you know what? Before they went into the oven, they already had an impact on the people. Before they went into the oven, everyone around them bowed their knee. And everyone saw that they didn't. The impact was at the same moment that the judgment happened. The stronger the judgment, the deeper the impact. If they would have, in the secret, said, you know, no one's going to see us now, so, you know, bow it now, the impact would have not helped. But the Lord always seeks, always allows for the impact to be public so he can make a gain that is public. I'm just going to leave it there for a minute. Second thing, and they, they crossed the extra mile. These people, these three friends, surrounded themselves with ones that were alike of one thought, and they went over the extra mile, the mile of death. They beat the fear, and that's not an easy thing. I know that you say, I'm not afraid of anything, but never, never, ever you have done something significant then. If you've never been afraid of anything, you have lived insignificant lives. Let me tell you something, you have fooled around for a long time. I don't care your age, if you've never been afraid, you've never done something that was worthwhile. And if you're not afraid of what the devil can do to you and who can actually protect you, you have lived foolish religion, not relationship with God. Let's be straight. I know it's not going to win me a lot of likes on it. But the reality of our spiritual life is that you should be afraid. There's, there's, there's a thing about that. That's why God calls it the fear of the Lord. Because if there's such thing as the fear of the Lord, there's the fear of the flesh. That's why the Bible says, do not fear what they can do to your bodies. <laughs> Because they can kill the body, but you should be afraid the one that actually can kill the soul. Know your Bible, baby. It's going to help you. See, when you stand upon the shoulders of the one, things are going to come at you. But you don't have to be afraid in that way because you're adopted. So they crossed the line of the fear, and they also crossed the line of the selfish consequences. No, if I do that, this is what it's going to cost me. See, Lord, it's easy for you. I mean, I don't know if you have that kind of discussion with God, but I have that kind of discussion with God. Lord, it's easy for you to ask me to obey in this because, like, you're God and no one's going to judge you. Like, your account is settled. You know, you're liked upon the ages. But they're going to think. I don't know during the week what you think, but I have those mundane thoughts. 
Maybe you're like more spiritual than me and a lot of people. Maybe you're like an anomaly. You're like you're Neo and Matrix. You know, like you're like the chosen one. But every everyone else around thinks about what others think and our reputation. And sometimes we worship at the feet of that statue. And it takes our freedom. What is it that we're worshiping in this season? Are you crossing the line? Are you crossing the line of fear? Are you based on the fear of God or are you based on the fear of others? Are you based on selfish consequences and trying to escape him? Or are you able to face him because you have a bigger vocation that is to love God and to be honest to him? Are you able? They crossed. They crossed the line because they believe beyond themselves. This is a good question. And with this, we start closing. Is our faith allowing us to believe on something bigger and further than us? And what we could win from having a relationship with God? Because the disciples had to face this situation and these questions, day in and day out. Are we living lives? Are we living a discipleship with God that is bigger and beyond our existence, our generation? The Bible says that a wise man produces for the next two generations. Yes or no? What are we producing? What is our life leading to? Selfish consequences and fear kill our belief of what is beyond us. And that we need to take to the cross. Third, and this one is the last one. They walked in to the fire and they walked out of the fire. I mean, essentially, they were, they were thrown into it. You know? But sometimes we don't want to walk into situations. We say, like, I'd rather not go through that. You know, it is easier. I mean, do we really have to go through that, Lord? How many times we pray and say, God, do we really, really for sure? Like, God was, like, still figuring it out, and you could convince him. Like, in this area of my life, do I really have to be married right now? Do I really have to be single? Do I really have to have this need? Do I really? What is your furnace? Do I really, really, really have to put up with that person during the week because this person is a heathen? <laughs> Do I really have to be in a family that still the in-laws live, Lord? Do you really? I don't know what's your story. I was deep. What is it that is your really? But they were in and out of the furnace. The going in was because of their faithfulness. The going out produced history. Going in is up to you to be brought out. Is when God uses another one, the same evil that put you in the furnace is going to call you out in Jesus name take notes 
Because when God walks with you on the fire, he uses your enemy to declare your blessing. God is God above all, or he's not God at all. So I don't know what has been coming, what has been heating a furnace, what situations you've been living. All of us come from different backgrounds. We have all different walks of life. But we have one thing in common, it's Christ that was crucified and lives right now. And he's saying, I walk with you. I'm not the son of the gods. I am the son of God. I walk with you. And I use what should have killed you to unbind you. And that situation is not only not going to keep you, and I'm not only going to walk with you, I'm going to use your enemies to prophesy what you're going to be doing. The king had to be afraid of God. He was not fearful of God. He was afraid of God. Very different. And there's some things in your story, in our lives, that will have to be afraid of God and are going to change the course of history for your generations, for your family, for anyone that comes through you because God has trusted you to be that door, to be that person that experienced it. God is up to something. It could be hit up seven times. And if you ask a Puerto Rican, bring it seven more. Let's do 14 just for the sake of it. Because the one that did it with seven can do it with any kind of quantity. Bring the heat, another one would say. Because I know my God. He holds the sun that warms the universe in place. He holds the stars. He holds each of them by name. Not a hair was singed in them. Their clothing was not consumed. They didn't even smell to the situation, sorry, to the furnace or the fire, the consequences. They didn't smell to the consequences or the situation. And they were called out because they were faithful. They stood there. They took the hard decision of being right in front of God, even if it will cost them their reputation or their life. And this is the kind of faith that we need around the world today. In each of our lives, everything we're living, I don't care if it's about your family, your budget, your dog, I don't care what it is about. You need to ask God, what is my position? How do I stand? Don't live your life on the furnace of your own understanding. Don't heat it up with your fears. Don't allow the enemy or your family members or your spiritual inheritance to say what is your limit and what is your end. Ask God. He says, I stand with you. You're not going in by yourself. There's no way I'm going to allow you to go in because you are mine. You praise me in public. I will stand with you in the middle of your private furnaces. The more we go to our streets, into our city, into our friendships, into our office spaces, into our unis, with the fire that is inside, the less we will implode with the pressure of the fires outside. We all have a fire. There is a fire down in our soul. Jesus was talking with two people after he resuscitated in his way to another town and he said so many things to these people 
And when he disappeared, they understood it was Jesus. And one thing they kept from the situation, their fire. There was a fire in his words that made their hearts be on fire. There is a fire inside of us. How much we have cultivated that. The fire inside of that furnace was no stronger than the fire of Jesus in them. The fire of Jesus, of God in them, was strong enough for them to even don't care about their lives enough as they will care to be right with him. So we don't need to know your situation. What you need to know is how to ask for fire inside. So the fire outside, the fire of pressure, of trials, difficulties, is not stronger so you will not implode. It is all about the depth of our fire. I believe that God is a good God. And he doesn't allow us to go to deeper fires than we go, or deeper depths, or struggles, or pressures that we can. He measures the fire he put in us, and he puts us in situations that he can actually exploit and be become famous. He's the faithful one. It is not you, it's the fire inside of you. Don't take it wrong. So as you walk in the furnace of today, as you walk through the situation, remember, first of all, keep on walking. Second, measure the fire. Third, walk out and make him famous. Let it be known that there's a God that stands with you in your fire. I don't know who needed this, but I understand that there's a word in the house today. That the Lord stands firm with you. He doesn't leave you nor forsake you. He doesn't need your knowledge, your pedigree, your understanding. He just needs for you to take a hit for him. And he will walk through it with you. It is not your reputation that is going to save you. At least not your reputation with men. It's your reputation with God has the last word. So do the daily. Walk with him. Invest in that fire. Invest in the intimacy. Second, believe beyond you. Don't live a faith that is so small like you. Believe in something bigger. Third, do not quit. Even if it costs you, you, do not quit. You don't come from a lineage of quitters. Jesus did not quit. We might be tempted. Jesus himself said, Father, would you pass for me this cup? But nevertheless, your will be done. You don't come from a lineage of quitters. I don't care who quitted before you. You, you're not a quitter. Your fears are the decoration of a great victory. Look around. They will have to see that there was no way that that was in you if God was not with you in your furnace. And fourth, you gotta get out. You gotta walk on. You gotta walk on. Don't stay there. Make him big. Make it known. That few who stand against the many 
and they will actually declare that God is faithful. That if it was for them, they would have been wiped because God was in them. They lived it. And all the nations around were ordered by the king to worship the one true God. It would have cost them their life, but because they were not selfish with theirs, they were as a seed planted for the nations around them. And because of their obedience and their selflessness, it caused the nations to know that there's a God that walks and that is strong and brings you out. And all the nations were ordered to worship their God. And verse 30 says, they were promoted over all Babylon, the same people that had enslaved them. They were promoted to be the authority of what had enslaved them. Father, thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for being so sweet with us. Thank you for your abundance. Father, thank you for your truth because it's so much deeper than our truth. Because what we have is information and perception. But when you stand in our furnace, you untie us. You release us. You cover us. You walk with us. You empower us. You give us a story to be able to describe how good you are, Lord. So Father, today we ask for that spirit, that fervor, that fire that was in these three men, Father. Those few, Father, that stood against so much, Lord. Those two that cultivate a relationship with you, Lord. Will we have that fire in us, Lord? Those two that really devoted their lives, Father, in the daily so they will have what it needed in the day that they needed it, Lord. Lead us to be responsible in our walk with you so we will have, Father, in the daily, Father, your sustenance. So when one day puts the pressure on us, Father, we will have enough fire in us to withstand the fire out of us. Father, lead us to be those that, Father, believe beyond the consequences, Lord. Father, lead us to be those that are faithful and meek. Father, lead us to be those that are looking at the circumstances and say, Father, I will love you even though I will lose in this. Father, I will still be obedient, Lord. Father, you take the glory, Lord. Lead us. Father, the world is closing in in so many levels. In every nation, Father, not only here, but Father, we see and we hear, Father, of many that are being constrained, taken from liberty, Father, because of proclaiming who you are, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask for the boldness, Father, that is due to that Lion of Judah that lives in us, Lord. Father, we ask for the thoughts, Lord, that come from you, Lord, to come and inhabit, Lord, that you would do a tent of meeting in each of our hearts, Lord. Father, that you would release power and fire upon us in the daily, Lord. Father, that we will have your presence. Father, that we will have your anointing. And Father, that we will practice a life with you, Lord. That will take us even through the furnaces into walking out of them, Lord. 
and explaining how good you are to everyone around us. Father, we'll have your way. Would you have your way? There where you are, if God has been speaking to you, I want to invite you to stand in your feet. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord. Father, that a clean fire, a pure fire, Father, will come over every area of my brothers, my sisters, Lord, in this place, Lord. Just put your hand over your, the shoulder of your brother, your sister next to you. The Holy Spirit is flowing in this place. No one untouched in this place. Everyone in the back, in the sound, just put your hand over each other, you know. Just move and touch each other, guys. I don't care. Worship, even. The Lord is speaking to you. <laughs> I'm going to... I pray with Elisa, you pray with him. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, we ask for the fire of this season, Lord. Father, the fire that keeps us, Lord. Father, that fills us, Father, in such a density, Lord, that nothing outside will make us implode, Lord. Because your density, your fire is stronger, burns stronger and hotter inside of us. Give us the boldness to stand and to withstand. Father, give us the boldness, Father, to even be in the furnaces of life, Father, but understand that you have made us to walk in them. You have made us for this. Father, we stand and we walk on because you are good, Father, and because you are the God that we have trusted in. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanchor.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.